one, and uh, we'll read a bit of scripture because it's Christmas Day. Amen. If it's Christmas, then we have to read more of the word because Christ is the word. Amen. Now, I, I, I had a plan with Pastor Sam that next year, those who are really cold will throw their glasses away. Isn't it? And those who are not that cold will have to just keep it on for a little while longer and then they will have to take it off. So, and you know the day I said that the next day I got a letter from Specsavers that my eye test was due. <laughs> you don't want to know what I did. Because I went into the Specsavers and I said I have got this letter in error. I don't have a test. And the woman was confused because normally people come in and book a time. I said, this one. She was like, she looked at her and said, she was like, oh, Mrs. Wilson. I said, I do not have a test. Then she went to check and she came back and she said, yeah, head office sends these letters. They sent it in error. I said, I know, I know because 2020, no glasses. And the more I say, the more I need it. Hey, Lord. <laughs> Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Beth Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler. Who will shepherd my people, Israel? Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Here ends the reading of his holy word. I read it without my glasses. I just thought I'll let you know that the battle has begun. Amen. This is a story that we read so many times. You know, I just realized that every year we sort of pick one, whether we are talking about Mary, whether it's Joseph, isn't it? 
And today we are talking about a group of people that they call wise men. But I'm going to give you a couple of things about this passage. And when I put all the points I wanted to give, I realized that, okay, I had about nine points to give. And it was sort of in line because we have nine gifts of the spirit, isn't it? Yeah. And we have nine fruits of the spirit. Yeah. So I want to give you some nine wisdom points for Christmas. Amen. Hallelujah. And the first one, which I think has been passed on by virtue of tradition, that's what I think, or just speculation, you know, we are not told the names of the wise men, and we are not actually told exactly where they come from. It just said that they come from the east, but the east could be a whole, like a half of the world, Asia, Persia, all that place, anywhere there could be the east. Do you understand? So it doesn't specify their names. It doesn't specify exactly where they come from. And actually, it doesn't specify how many they were. Tradition has given us three. Just because the kind of items they brought were three types. They brought gold, frankincense, and men. But it didn't say each person had one. Or each person came and gave a gift. They said they came with gifts. So all those things have been defined by tradition and speculated by virtue of do you understand? But the reality and the importance of it was that there were wise men who went to seek Christ. There were wise men. It doesn't tell us how many. And the reason is because anybody who seeks Christ is a wise person. Anybody at all who seeks Christ is a wise person. Amen. So tell your neighbor, for being in church today, you're a wise person. Yeah, for being in church. Yeah, being in church. Yeah. And what it also tells us does, it is wisdom to seek Christ. You see, the world makes a mockery of faith. Do you know that? Yeah. Most of us who work in certain environments or are exposed to certain will come to acknowledge that if you are not even bold and strong enough, your faith will be squeezed out of you. And sometimes you yourself begin to doubt whether this whole thing is that important. Yeah. That is why some people, the more they become blessed, the more they backslide. The more they are elevated at work or whatever, the more they backslide. Yeah. In fact, sometimes, even just by virtue of education, the more educated become, they become, the more. But the truth is that real wisdom is acknowledging Christ. Real wisdom is seeking and going after. Because the Bible says that they saw a star. And you realize that they saw a star, that a, a savior was being born. And then after they went and a herald came to see them, they saw that star again. And they followed that star. I pray that it will not just be today, but for the rest of your living life, you will follow Christ. Wherever he is, you will follow him. Amen. There is a person in this passage. So we are saying that everybody, everyone who's, who wants to know Christ is a wise person. We are saying that all of us qualify to be wise. But then you will also realize that 
in your search for Christ, there is Herod. What I didn't understand was that why did Herod come and look for them privately? You see, for a lot of us, sometimes the people who cause us to lose our faith, they are not exposed. They come in secret. Yeah, they come in secret. That is why sometimes it is a secret relationship that will destroy your faith. So when somebody approaches you and tells you that, you know, we are just watching each other, so you don't need to tell anybody about this until it is a herald. Yeah. The one who comes to see you when nobody's watching or when nobody can see, it's a sign. They are not after you because they like you. They are after the faith in you, the Christ in you. They are looking for the Christ in you to destroy it. That is the purpose of it. Because if you are the king, you should even announce it. And all of us have a herald. And we meet different heralds at different times of our lives. But the wise men will see that God gave them a plan not to return to Herod. And not to inform Herod about their Christ. Not to bring Herod into their Christ. There are some people who maybe they like somebody so much that they are forcing for the person to come and know Christ. Most of the time, they rather will let you know something else. Even in this season of Christmas, it's amazing because most homes will come together to celebrate Christmas. But if you are not careful, that is where rather you will backslide. Do you know that people buy the most alcohol during Christmas? I don't know about you, but I came from a family where they liked labels on the drink. Not ju- it doesn't have to be a drink. It has to be Johnny Walker. Is it Johnny Walker? Black label. Black label. Do you understand? Yeah, the, the gin has, been, has to be Gordon's uh, whatever gin. Gordon's dry gin. And then the brandy has to be, you know, they, they need the label. They, they need the label. Do you understand? And then they decorate the Christmas with the drinks. Yeah, because they said that, first of all, if you are going to eat that volume of food, you need a great appetite. And how many of you know that Coca-Cola does not give you appetite? Coffee and tea does not give you appetite. Milo does not give you... Orange juice quenches appetite. But there are certain drinks that enhances appetite. (laughs) In, in, in South Africa, what is it called? Reverend, Af- Af- South Africa, what is it called? It has a... It has... <coughs> yeah. yeah. Any drink that the smell can make you get drunk, you have to be afraid. Yeah. You, you, you know? In, in, in South Africa, I believe that in South Africa, they have the deadliest form of that drink. Can't remember what it is called. Any drink that also comes in barrels and drums, it's a sign. Yeah. So even though you are celebrating Christmas, you can be destroyed in your celebration. Yeah. Some of us today we might be safe in church because we are all celebrating together. But tonight and tomorrow, I don't know. Herod is waiting for you around the corner. 
Yeah. Some people too didn't come for Christmas service because Herod caught them before 25th. Preach, Pastor. Preach, 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 Pastor. And I pray that they're either watching online or will watch at a future date and realize that they should have listened to this message before Christmas came. Yeah. Because Herod is a destroyer. And the thing with Herod is that if he has to destroy a whole lot of people just to destroy you, he will destroy. I pray that we will identify the Herods in our life and stay away from them. Amen. Then you also have, it goes on to say that this wise man came bearing gifts. It just made me aware that Christmas is not just about us receiving our Savior. It is also not just about a time that we get gifts of all sorts. But it's also a time that we also must remember that Christ wants our gifts, our talents, our ability, our strength, our wealth, whatever it is. Christ also needs it. Because they, they went to the Savior, but they came with something. We come to Christ, we must come with something. Some people, they sing till they join church. They, they dance till they join church. They act till they join church. In fact, they are serious debaters till they join church. Then you tell them that I even teach uh, Sunday school and they'll tell you I'm shy, I'm nervous, I don't know why. But a wise Christian comes to Christ with their gifts, with their talents. Yeah. And you see, those talents, we have always been told that they have significance. And that is the essence why it is there. Because the whole idea that they came with three specific kind was giving us almost a totality of who Christ is and who we are to be to him also. Yeah. Because they said that they came to him with gold. And you know that gold is royalty, isn't it? Yeah, gold signifies kinship. I come from a land where, in certain parts of the land, the king is in charge of almost a quarter of the gold of that land. Do you know that? Yeah. He, he owns the gold. And sometimes when he's coming for a, a royal occasion, from head to toe, it's gold. Yeah. Even Queen Elizabeth, who doesn't own the gold? Somehow she has money to acquire some. <laughs> but gold signifies kinship. So what is it saying? It's saying that the king of kings has been born. And it's also saying that we acknowledge him as, as our king. We acknowledge him as God. So I'm asking you this Christmas day, do you acknowledge Christ as God? That is the difference between Christianity and some other religions. Or even some religions that look like Christianity. Because some of them say he's a prophet. He's, he's not a prophet. Do you understand? He, he is a prophet, but beyond that, he is God. He is God. He's not just a prophet. He is God. And that is what the gold signifies. That Christ in your life is not your cousin, it's not your relative, it's not your elder brother, whatever. There's, you know, a certain guy who was born 2000. He is God. Made flesh. He's God. He's God. Then he says they came to him with frankincense. And we know that incense is a sense of worship. Yeah. So it is signifying that he himself, with the frankincense, it means that he is the high priest. But it also means that we worship him. We worship him. We are also priests. We worship him. And he, we acknowledge that he is the highest of the worship. Yeah. 
I pray that in 2020, our worship will change. Yeah, our worship will become a reality. Our worship will become a part. Everything you do, not only in the house of God, it's your worship. The reason why you are nice to your neighbor, the reason why you forgive, the reason why you help somebody, is your worship to God. Yeah. It's just, your, it's just something you do. So when you are doing it, see beyond yourself and stop saying, I'm a nice person. I'm a kind person. That's my personality. That's, no, no, no. Even if it's not your personality, now that you have accepted Christ and acknowledge him as your Christ and you acknowledge him as your God, now you have to show your acceptance in your worship. In your worship. Most of us become familiar with Christ. And so our worship becomes very plastic. It becomes very platonic. As people who have been married 35 years and 45 years. Do you understand? Yeah. There, sometimes even the word, the sentence, I love you, when it's said, it sounds so odd. Do you understand? Because it has been diluted and diluted and diluted and diluted. It has no meaning. You see, when somebody is chasing somebody and they say, I love you, it generates goosebumps. When people receive certain, this morning people received messages. Don't, just look straight. Focus. <laughs> Focus. People received messages this morning. Do you understand? And the message in it, it was a message. And as they were reading it, they've read the message like 10 times. And, and even to get a response, they'll write and cancel. They'll write and cancel. <laughs> because they want to make sure that the, whatever they write has impact and hits a place, an inner place, and you will send something from the neck all through the vertebrae down to the... But that is what Christ is expecting from us. That when we hear his name, when we are singing, when we are praying, when we are in his presence, it's not just physical goosebumps, but we should have some spiritual shifts and move because we are dealing with Christ. That is why I get so surprised that during praise and worship time, some people are looking at people. Oh, this girl is really nice. Wow. And then if they, are come, they came with somebody, what's her name? Then the person too will be like, why are you asking? <laughs> During worship, worship. And they are saying, Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong, in the Savior's arm, through the storm. He is Lord, Lord. Oh, ooh. did she just raise her hand? Oh, wow. And when the service ends, and they say, oh, how did you enjoy the service? It was amazing. This church is really great. They are not saying the church is great. They are saying that there is somebody in the church who is great. Listen. You can easily lose your worship. You can easily lose your worship. 
and you know you have lost your worship, when there's no worship song, there's no message that shifts you. When nothing can stick with you. When there's no word, there's no scripture that just falls on you and, just, and everything is just normal. Yeah, we just, it's the word of God, yeah. I pray that we find our worship back. Yeah, and I pray that we fall in love with Christ all over again. I pray that Christ becomes a heartbeat. That anything to do with Christ moves us. Yeah. I'll give you two more, so we go. You know, they had sort of three. At the beginning, they said that the star, they saw the star that said the star of Christ. Then they saw the star again, which they followed, and it took them. Then after they went to worship, as they were leaving, they had a dream, and the Lord told them, don't go. I'm here to tell you that this scripture is reminding us us that God is with us in our going out and in our coming in. And if we'll be sensitive, God will always speak to us. God will give you direction if you allow God to give you direction. Do you know that others may have seen the star and it would not have meant anything to them? Yeah. Do you know that for some of us, God can prompt us on something we're still doing? Don't go back there and we'll still go back there. Leave this thing, and we'll still. Stop this, and we'll still do. It is not because God did not warn us. Yeah, some of us, you are about to go into a relationship with somebody, and God has been giving warning signs. Plenty, not only dreams, not only stars, but clear manifestations, and still we are choosing not to see. We are still choosing not to see. Yeah, pastor, He's not that bad. He's not as bad as people say. He's just a reputation he has. Actually, that is not his real behavior. When you get to know him and when you get closer to him, you realize that actually he's a very good person. Yeah. Don't say that. Listen, the Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. And he says precept upon precept, line upon line. Yeah, little. You have to be ready for God to change direction. You have, sometimes you are strong on a point, but God will speak to you, and you have to do a U-turn. Yeah. Don't be too strong about it. Sometimes you are taking a plan, and it's like no. And there's no reason why it should be a no, but that is where your faith and your trust in God comes in. The last verse said that, I'm not going to use my glasses, so. Oh, you put it there. And being warned in a dream in not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. The last thing I'm telling you is that nobody comes or meets Christ and remains the same. Nobody comes into Christ and goes back the same. Once you encounter him, your life is transformed forever. Once you meet Christ, your life is transformed forever. Once you encounter Christ, your life is changed forever. Once you encounter Christ, even if you try and go back to do the things you used to do, they will not taste the same. They will not feel the same. They will not be the same. 